they? They're not Sherlock Holmes monsters. <laughs> Just an entire species of Sherlock Holmes. Quite. <laughs> Element, elementary, ele- elementary, elementary. And welcome back to another episode of Who Is My Doctor? Who is my doctor? Who is indeed. I am your host, Zach, and I know a lot about Doctor Who. And I'm also your host, Cassie, and I don't know a lot about Doctor Who. And today we are looking at Series 2, Episodes 8 and 9, The Impossible Planet and the Satan Pit. Yippee? <laughs> yeah, a name like the Satan Pit certainly sounds inviting, doesn't it? I mean, since <laughs> I've been playing uh, a lot of Baldur's Gate, I'm like, cool, we're going into Avernus. <laughs> Satan Pit. But uh, I don't think that that has anything to do with it. <laughs> okay. Do you have any thoughts as to what it might be about them? No. Impossible. See, because when I hear something like Impossible Planet, I think that it's a vegan substitute. <laughs> this planet's made entirely out of pea protein. And mung bean. <laughs> so I genuinely have no idea what vegan planet and Satan Pit have to do with one another. I don't know if this was going to be one of your profacies for me. I would really rather it not be. Uh, It's not exactly. Uh, I will sort of tell you. It's called the impossible planet because the planet should be dying, but it isn't. (laughs) Uh, So the profacy is... What what is happening to the planet that should kill it but isn't? Volcano. Think it's a volcano? Devil pit, volcano, it just, it's all... Like a whole planet-wide volcano? Yeah, well, like, I, I imagine it's some kind of... Some kind of heat event, solar flare, a volcanic eruption. I like the idea of volcano because that is what killed the dinosaurs. And I just finished watching a video about what killed the dinosaurs. So that's very fresh in my mind. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say that it's that it's a ongoing volcanic eruption. Okay, something. It should be like destroying the planet via. Plants like, should be dying. Animals should be going extinct. But none of that is happening. Okay. Or the sun is extremely hot. That feels a little bit too on the nose for like what is happening in the world now. Okay. <laughs> this is 2006. Yeah, I'm just to be fair. Global warming has been happening for a very long time. Yes, that is, that is true. So I'm this just... is something, this is a scientific fact that we have known for a while. Yeah, I, I know. I was also just putting, if you were trying to think of something culturally relevant, I was just trying to remind you of when, when this was coming out. I recognize that. I'm not married to Volcano, but I don't know if what it's what you got, it's what you got. It, it is. I mean, I did say the thing about the sun, and I'm doing the very familiar Cassie Profassi thing. Of now talking myself out of an answer. (laughs) Because I'm trying to read your facial cues to see. Look at my face, Cassie. Does my face give any cues to you? Oh my Hmm? god, your face isn't betraying you whatsoever. Um, (laughs) Because I think I'm right with heat. I think it's extremely hot. Volcano. Because Satan pit. Volcano is. Yeah, 
Yeah, we're going we're going full Sauron. Okay. Mount Doom. Mount Doom volcano is consuming the impossible planet, but the planet can sit, continues to push on anyway. Uh, and the second thing we're going to talk about is in this episode introduces a uh, a new recurring alien race. They're called the Ood. Okay, but that's an actual thing. It's a type of I think it's a wood that they use a lot of times in perfumes and Lush uses it a lot as like a base note for a lot of their scents. <laughs> so oud for me is a type of wood. Well, uh, I don't know if they spell it the same. This is O O D. Okay, no, okay. the the oud is O U D. Okay, this yeah, this is the oud as a as a race, as an alien race, and I would like for you to just take. Admittedly, this might be a little unfair, but I'm curious as to what you might think an oud looks like if I were just to. Just when I hear when you hear the word "ood," what image comes to mind for an alien race? I just want to <laughs> pause for a second because you kept on saying "ood" a lot, and my note for the Cassie Profassi is Mount Doom, Mount Doom volcano versus the little planet that could, but I spelled "could" C O O D. Oh my god. That's very silly. Ugh. Sometimes I make myself laugh. It's <laughs> it's moments like this that I I think I'm very funny. Uh, so what are the ood? Yes, um, what do the ood look like? If it if it influences your opinion at all, they are recurring. I know they come back at least I think at least three more times. Can I say that they're little guys? Will I get a point for that? <laughs> uh, I would need you to be more specific in terms of little guy. Hey, you know like what? I just, I'm just curious when I say ood, what pops into your head? Like a little guy, like a Pikmin almost. Like a Pikmin? Yeah, like so, a Nintendo, like the little... So you mean like a really little guy? Like a little guy. Okay. Uh, any any other features about them that you want to try and take a stab at? Ugh, because if no. you can, if you can get a feature correct, I will I will still give you the point even if you're not a feature. Yeah. Fuck. I don't know, dude. Ood. Mm-hmm. Dude. Hey everybody, we're the dudes. We are here to surf along these these cosmic waves. I am only here to spread peace, love, and good vibes. And also to smoke my marijuana. To consume mushrooms of varying types and varieties. I am just here to open a can of biz. Shiitake is my favorite of the mushrooms. <laughs> if only for the flavor and nothing else. Uh, can I get a little guy hint? Am I on the okay, okay, can you tell me this? Am I on the track with little guy? No. Or is it a very large guy? Uh, they're they're human sized. Okay. So they are humanoids. Yes. I can assume. Yes. Okay. So not little guys, unfortunately. Because part of me wants to go full in with the heat thing and say that maybe these are adapted to live in extreme temperatures. Mm -hmm. If for no other reason that I am cheating a little bit and the thumbnail itself is extremely red. Because also, another side note is I did just watch a video about frogs that live in <laughs> Chernobyl. And these frogs have undergone very fast evolution. Their skin is completely black because uh, darker, the more melanin you have in your skin, the higher your tolerance is towards radiation. Mm hmm So, because of the Chernobyl incident in that area is completely... 
uninhabitable because of the amount of radiation, these specific tree frogs have been able to evolve extremely quick to maintain their, you know, homes mm-hmm. <laughs> to keep living in these areas that they in the, that they live in um, without dying off because of the radiation because uh, their skin is so dark. Tell you what, I will just just because I realize this question is probably a little too open ended. Yes, um, because I just went on a tangent about Chernobyl frogs. <laughs> My answer is not that they've adapted by having extremely dark skin, because that could be a wood oasis. No, I was going to say, um, they look like a famous literary monster. Oh, interesting. Famous literary monster. Not werewolves. We've already done werewolves. We have already done werewolves. Um... Literary monster. Interesting. Like a leviathan? Like some kind of... No, because that's under the sea. I'm running through my mind library so fast, turning, pulling out every book that is (laughs) monster-oriented. I don't think you've read the books that they're in, but they're famous enough that they permeate culture even without you having read them. So not dragon. Got it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, they are not draconic in nature, nor are they not octopusian. That is a bad use of the word. (laughs) Yipes. Uh, dip, dude. I don't don't know. Little little, little octopus people. Dude, I'm reading... (laughs) I'm reading Twilight right now. Do you think I have my brain set on classic literature mode right now? No. Let's take a wild stab, then. Worst oh, case, my God. I'm so angry that I cannot name a single monster outside of Godzilla. <laughs> and I don't think that these aliens are Godzilla or Mothra in nature. <laughs> They're not moth-like. They're, it's entirely your choice. Looking into your brain, trying to find the answer. The dinosaur in nature. You're gonna go. So you're gonna go with dinosaurs. I think so, because I haven't read Jurassic Park, and that is, they're they're monsters in the most broad term. But I am it, drawing such a blank. Just to give you a little bit more. This doesn't feel fair. Yeah. Just to give you a little bit more to make it fair, they are the the they are humanoid because they are humans in costumes. So if it if it helps any, they are not CG. They are a costume that can that can be easily reutilized by humans across multiple seasons of television. Are they cats again? Are they cats again? No, they are not cats again. Okay. Famous literature monster cats. <laughs> hey, we all saw the movie. <laughs> the book is so charming, though. They're not monsters. <laughs> Do we own the book? Uh, yes. <laughs> Cheating. Cheating. Me thinking I have a detailed understanding of all of our books, <laughs> when in actuality, I don't even know what books I have. Already said Leviathan, Lovecraftian sort of octopus monster, and I don't think that that's correct. Okay. Maybe I do think that's correct. <laughs> What are you thinking, Cassie? I don't know. Just to get it over with, I think it's a Lovecraftian sort of okay. 
Just... So like a cthulhu type of... Yeah. Uh, okay. That sounds like a difficult costume, but you said no Dracula, no Frankenstein monster. Yeah. All right, so... And uh, I haven't read any... I, I know it through cultural osmosis. I have never read yeah, so any... That... That could, so that very well could be it. So if that's the case, uh, Cassie's guesses are that the impossible planet is being destroyed by a volcano and that the Ood are Cthulhu-y Lovecraftian type uh, aliens. It sounds stupid when you read it back like that, though, man. <laughs> I'm giving up. I'm cat. I'm, I'm, I give up. <laughs> this is a Cassie Profassi Passy. Yeah, well, this is me taking the preemptive L because I know that I'm not going to get it right. Because if I do, huzzah, good for me. Well, the good news is that we have two more guesses coming up at the Satan Pit, but we will find that out together after we watch The Impossible Planet. The Impossible Planet. Here on Who Is My Doctor? Vegan Planet. This week's episode of Who Is My Doctor is brought to you by Grimaly. When we write these ad spots, we do not have anyone to help us out. It's a solo job, baby, and it can get pretty lonely. But it doesn't need to be. With Grimaly, an actual bona fide grandma will come over to your house with a plate full of cookies and a heart full of love. And she'll sit right by your side and cheer you on while you plunder through your hard-to-write essays. Or ad spots. Here's some examples of what Grandma Lee can say to you. You know so much more about this subject than I did at your age. Or, I'm so glad my grandson respects the Oxford comma. Or, My purse is made out of my late husband's flesh. My keys fall out of it sometimes, but I like to think that's just him messing with me again. Wow, doesn't she sound so encouraging? Get Grandma Lee today, and we guarantee you the most wholesome writing session of your entire life, or your money back and one very sad grandma. And we are back from the impossible planet. It wasn't a vegan planet at all. No, not even a little bit. Well... Their food mainly seemed to mainly consist of beans and soy sauce. <laughs> Those are plant-based. <laughs> yeah, you know, you got a fair point. I guess the first thing we should get out of the way is that we must feed. Which is way more menacing than hungry. <laughs> yeah, than the last episode's hungry. Hungry. We must feed. We must feed. Yeah, that has way more of a... Of a spooky-ookiness to it, doesn't it? Yeah, until they undercut it with, you, if you are hungry. So fucking funny. (laughs) Oh my god. I am not the type of person to laugh out loud at a lot of things. That that got me. That one got you. I did. That one one did get me. Yeah, that one really entertained me. Uh, Not just the bit, but watching you enjoy the bit also got me. Because it's also a very you bit. Yeah, that's fair. So we'll, I'll go ahead with the Cassie Profassi up here first. Uh, no, it was not volcanoes. It was a black hole. But you were correct. They are Cthulhu. The Oods are Cthulhuds. Cthulhuds. <laughs> well, because I, I am pleased because one of the first thoughts I had was Mind Flayer-y. Yeah. 
I didn't say it because that's not a literary creature. At least I don't think it is. I I am so pleased that I'm correct. I mean, in the sense that mind flayers are also based on. Well, yes, but that was that was something that I considered. But my my thought was, if it was an impossible planet because everything was like underwater, then they would have been like underwater octopus, not mm. scary tentacle smellers, feelers, whatever their little face bits were meant to do, <laughs> and their silly little uh, uh, menacing orbs. Yeah, they're little... They're uh, fun little souvenir cups. <laughs> Complete with straw that they're slurping on all the time. I don't understand their purpose. Uh, so we don't want to... I don't want us to, you know, delay on it too long because we're still going to watch the second part here. But uh, I think it's fairly obvious now why I was really curious about your opinion as someone who grew <laughs> up Catholic. My thing is... As somebody who grew up very delicious, delicious, whoa, religious. <laughs> As someone who grew up very delicious, said the gingerbread man. <laughs> oh man, that's really funny. Sometimes, sometimes brain is just on fire today. <laughs> As somebody who grew up deeply religious. Which is what I was trying to say before, but my brain smooshed deeply and religious together. (laughs) I had a very, I feel like, reasonable fear of any sort of, like, unholy, demonic, any, anything that was not made of light. It was just, that's bad. That is a bad thing. And that wasn't even something that was instilled because of, like, parentage or, or anything like that. It was... When you're surrounded by rhetoric that was, he is the way, he is the light, it is very conflicting when you do come across more darker, macabre themes and go, hmm, I relate to this a little <laughs> bit too he much. He bathes in the black sun. Yes. Um, I, I am talking about my journey from going from very good little religious... I was a an altar server. Oh wow! Yeah, mostly because I liked that. Then that meant that during church I could do things. <laughs> I was responsible for some of the the magic, the magic of church. <laughs> um, so once upon a time, this I wouldn't even watch something like this. I'd be like, "This is the devil. It's inviting you in." At this point now, my relationship with that has dramatically changed. However, I do still have that little itty-bitty voice that goes, Demon, bad. Demon, very bad. Devil, super not good. Cool, (laughs) but not something we invite. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, it is not an inviting devil. This is a, a, I will crush an airlock and shove you into space devil. Oh my god. It was the moment that he just kind of appeared for a split second in the hologram. Oh, yeah. You missed that, which was one of the moments I went, no! I mean, I've seen the episode before. I know what happened. I was just looking away at that moment. Yeah, and then you asked, what happened? (laughs) Yeah, because all I heard was, no! (laughs) And then the symbols appear on Toby. I hate that. I did, I was kind of hoping that there was a... 
that that was a biblical reference of having him being named Toby. Mm -mm. There is a Tobias in the Bible, but there is very little correlation other than just the name Toby. Yeah. To be more accurate, uh, in the Bible, that Toby gets blinded when birds defecate in his eyes, so... Oh, well, that's unfortunate. Yeah, that has nothing to do. No birds in space, unfortunately. No birds in space. Um... I don't know if you realize this is the first episode we've had uh, so far that takes place entirely on an alien planet. Oh, yeah, I guess there so. Been, there have been ones that take place on satellites and ones that have, like, they start there and they'll go somewhere else. Uh, or they'll start on Earth and they'll go to an alien planet. But this is the first time it's fully on an alien planet. Yeah, and the first time that they genuinely seem super fucked. Yeah. Yeah, the TARDIS, TARDIS is... is it, TARDIS isn't definitively gone, though. It's just... It fell down. It falled over. <laughs> Oops, I falled over. It falled over, which also, because of the way that these types of shows work, TARDIS is fine. It's just... Stakes are extremely high now. It's in a hole. So I guess let's just gauge, first of all, just how you feeling so far after after this part one. How are you looking forward to part two? It was the moment that they said basic slave race. I went, mm, no, no, they're not. This is a trap. It's a trap. <laughs> yeah, the Ood being uh, sort of a hive mind, low level telepathic race that yeah, live my, only to serve. My exact wordage was. Definitely nothing will go wrong. It's all, quote, it's all we crave, unquote. Uh-uh. No, sir. That is not how that works. Hardly ever. I have seen one too many episodes of this show, movies, where where somebody goes, nope, that's all I want to do. Just serve other people and do exactly what they tell me. They're lying. <laughs> Nobody wants to serve anybody. Coming from service industry, you ask me how my day is, and I say, live in the dream. That means I hate it. I hate my life. I hate my job. This is all I want to do. Let me go. Free me. It's all I crave. Get the poor girl a drink. Let her go home. Let them do what they want individually. Because that's the other thing, too, is that they are... A hive mind. There's no uniqueness between any of them. I think Rose refers to one of them as a dinner lady and says, well, you're not a lady. Well, maybe. Because there's no definitive, like... There's no, uh, like... Sex traits. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I hate them. I hate it. I hate everything about this. Shall we continue? Sure, let's continue. Uh, I will say I'm a little at a loss for... Cassie Profassi questions for the second episode. Partly because it feels maybe a little inappropriate to try and make prophecies about the devil. (laughs) You know what? Fair. But also, that would throw my count off, Zachary. (laughs) The Uh, math needs to math. The math must flow. What do you think? uh, So, we know... That the devil is down here, or the beast, or Abaddon, or... No, they fucking refer to that bitch as Lucifer. Yeah. We know that Lucifer... He he keeps referring to himself... Abaddon! Lucifer! Yeah, he keeps referring to himself as the beast, so I will call him the beast. We know that the beast is down here. No. 
That just reminded me of Over the Garden Wall. The Beast <laughs> is in that, too! Do you know, uh, have you... What do you think the Beast wants? A uh, total domination. Total domination of... Everything. Everything? It's unfortunate that they're right next to a black hole, though. Because um, that's kind of the annihilation of everything. So, a little counterintuitive, but... Okay. Yeah. Because I don't think the beast just wants, like, a sandwich. <laughs> the be- the beast must feed. You, if you are hungry. The beast must feed himself with a delicious burger. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I would say beast wants universal domination. Okay, I mean, he kind of said that in the episode. Yeah, you weren't going to give me one of these anyways, so... Yeah, I I don't know. Nothing nothing about this episode feels like a good prophecy. Well, it's not that. It's that that there's not not a lot of new developments. Most of what happens is, is... Most of this episode is tying up the plot that has already happened. I mean, you could just give me two points. Just... Because <laughs> you don't have to throw off the count. You could just give me some. Uh, you could give me some gimmies. Okay, well let's try. Here's an idea. I guess we can go ahead because I asked a silly question and you you guessed it because it was already in the previous episode. I'll just give you the point for that, Professi. Woo! I was I wasn't thinking, and that was that's that's on me. Woo! That's that's a point. That's a point for you because of my failure. All right. But so, but to extend from that idea. Because you, uh, you did point out that him escaping does require him to escape from a black hole. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you think, what do you think his plan is to escape then? I don't know that he has one. He does have one. Is the planet a ship of some kind? No. no. Yes? No. Hmm. He's gonna pick up the planet and move it over there. <laughs> So what's his plan for moving the planet? Well, his plan for getting off the planet. So he's not moving the whole planet. <laughs> no, he's not moving the whole planet. Okay. Uh, does he take the TARDIS? You think, you think his plan is to take the TARDIS? I think so. I think he's... Well, because that wouldn't be the I am the plan. devil and I travel through time and space. I am the devil. I am the beast, the prince of darkness. I'll be in the call box. <laughs> well, if that's your, if that's your, uh, that it feels a little silly because that wouldn't be his first response. Mm-hmm. I genuinely don't know that he had a plan before. Okay, so if you so you want your 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 point well, to be that he has the no plan. Well, the only other thoughts I have is that like he uses the ood and throws them into space and skips on them like a. Like, like, uh, like stones in a garden. Or is he meant to go into the black hole? Because we don't really know what happens in a black hole other than like space spaghetti. Okay, so you think that the planet is being withheld from the black hole because the devil cannot go in the black hole? Well, because they, the second that the devil starts rising out of the pit is when they lose their magnetic field. So that The magnetic field is not from is not from the ship. The magnetic field is being generated by the planet. 
Yes. What I'm getting at, though, is me as I think that the magnetic field is attached to the devil. Oh, okay. So I don't know that he can. I I th- I am piggybacking offing is I don't think he can physically go. I think that the devil is strong enough that he can avoid getting sucked into the black hole because the second that he starts moving is when they lose the center of gravity of the planet is thrown out and they start panicking about their status in terms of the black hole that they have been basically playing chicken with. So I don't think that the devil can go into the black hole. So I don't think he has a plan. I think he has a technicality. Okay. Well, we will find out together then as we move on to the next episode, Satan Pit. Hey folks, disclaimer. Bailey has decided that my lap is the perfect place for her to be right now. She has lots of biscuit orders to fill. So if you hear her during this, the later half of this episode, know it's because she is a working girl. Our our, uh, third co-host, our cat Bailey, is here. So if you hear any purring, that's just her opinions. She has no opinions. She's got a job to do and we are in her kitchen. (laughs) That being said. That being said, we are back from Satan Pit. I hated it. I hated it. I I will say I have a soft spot in my heart for just that general idea of something mythological pervades through all culture. But it's because it's it's because it's real and it's reaching out to you. Yeah, I mean, that is always kind of how I've felt about religion just because yeah. if you really especially if you look at the old testament the new testament the quran a lot of those religions that are specifically based out of regions in the middle east have a lot in common and almost scary amount in common but then when you look into certain parts of asia and some of the religions there they also have a lot in common with Middle Eastern religions. And you have to, you can't help but wonder if there is some sort of through line that is pervasive throughout. And, and if we want to make this a theological episode, I suppose, that has always been kind of my understanding of what God is, is just one thing, one entity that has reached out to people f- to all over the world. <laughs> so everybody does believe in one God. It's just like my name for that thing might be different than yours. Well, I, I, I should also mean, I mean it less philosophically. I mean, I really like the idea of, in this particular case, there, like we all have this idea of the devil, but it is all based on a real alien life form yeah, that no, is that's poisoning your mind. fucking terrifying because... <laughs> Because you do have those philosophical arguments and those religious arguments as well, where that logic and that thing makes perfect fucking sense. Yeah. And that's what's scary. And that's what I did not like about this episode <laughs> is how legitimately scary it is. Yeah, I think it's it's surprisingly effective for, I think on paper it would sound ridiculous. Particularly since... And, and jumping kind of 
to the end of the episode when the doctor is confronting the beast and goes, oh, you're just the body, but where is your mind? Your mind is what has been reaching out. You cannot speak. You're trapped here. You're nothing. And then you start going into like, well, yeah, because Toby's been possessed this entire fucking time. Yep. Possession is one of my actual, like, one of my biggest fears. Mm. It's just because, like, I know that you're agnostic and you don't, you have no faith. I'm irreligious is the term I prefer to use. I, though, there are so many reports, scary movies based off of people being possessed by something completely out of their control. That's just scary. That's so scary. Yeah. I hate it. I, I I will say that, uh, since we're bringing it up now, uh, the Cassie Perfassi question where I had asked you what was the devil's plan, the devil was to leave the planet in Toby's body so that he could, uh, pro- so that he could, pro- so that basically he would be safe on the ship mm. as it flew away from the black hole. I don't feel like I'm incorrect, though, with, because I did say that the devil can't leave the planet. Yes, but it, you specifically said the devil also couldn't go into the black hole, like the yeah, because he couldn't leave the planet. I don't think I'm incorrect. Uh, the way the, the, my understanding of it was that you thought that the that the planet was keeping the devil, like the like the I, the way I heard it, it did not it did not read to me as what you as what happened. Mm, agree to disagree. I think I get that point. How about uh, we will leave this point up in the air until this episode comes out, and the viewers can decide if Cassie gets that point because I I don't feel that way from the way I understood it. But if other people disagree with me, I am more than happy to let let. Because I know for a fact, I said that the devil didn't have a plan because he couldn't leave the planet. So uh, I'm 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 gonna leave it open. Then we will let the we will let the listeners decide. Oh, you can no, that means my count's gonna be off for several weeks. Just <laughs> have one. One nebulous Ugh. point out there. Um, because I, I will... Con- how about this? I will consider it as a loss just until until that happens. Yeah, we can consider it a loss, and then, but or if, and when we get around to it, I can... If people have decided you get a point, I will say... And if say, there are any other points that you think I deserve, talk about those as well. <laughs> we can retcon points. <laughs> I guess we'll find out if how many points people think you deserve. Uh-huh. <laughs> For the record, uh, we are up to 42. 42 possible points. And as it stands right now, I have 23. 22, technically, because one of them was a gimme point. Yeah. Well, so we can still say 23. 23. 23 out of 42. 42 possible points. So, uh, the thing that sits with me a lot about this episode is how willing it is to be horror. Specifically, it seems to be aping the... I don't know if you've even seen this movie, Event Horizon. I have not. Because a lot of it... It has a lot in common with Event Horizon. Event Horizon is about uh, a spaceship crew that gets... uh, that flies near a black hole, but the black hole is a gate to hell. Like a literal gate to hell, hmm. and so the ship becomes overrun with, you know, satanic monstrosities. Uh, I believe um, Sam Neill is in it from Jurassic Park, and at one point I believe he also gets covered in strange, like, satanic markings. I think his were bloodier than 
the like ink paint that Toby had on him. <laughs> the stencils that yeah. they put on this one. The, which, the nice henna tattoos he was getting. Eh, not henna's most likely spur like um airbrush. I say this as somebody who's had to do the exact same thing on actors in shows in the past. So Yeah, I appreciated that I appreciate how much they put on him though. Like he had mm-hmm. it on his face and on his hands. The only thing that bugged me is that they were on the palms of his hands and not the backs of his hands. A petty thing, but... Eh. I mean, I think they did that mostly for the reveal because there's that part where he's looking at the back of his hands and then he turns and they're, they're, on, they're on his palms. That and more power comes from the palm of your hand than the back of your hand. Yeah, so I, th- I think there's... Like, I, I agree that it's a little weird to see the to see bare back of his hands and then his palms are covered in stuff. Particularly since we can't see his arms, so there's really no way of saying if they're... He just got it up, like, on his forearm. It's going half and half. Yeah. Let me find out. It's, like... He's the... got half a glove. Then it just traces up and, like, goes down his sides, but his tummy's still clear. Yeah. I... It... There was... I didn't not like him being something of a double agent, just because there was a moment where it was like, oh, cool. He's fine now. He's okay. But then they're walking down one of the chambers and one of the oods starts like like lifting his head and looking around. And they say something about like that they're still cognizant or that they're still in control of their bodies. And then he like turns around to it and like shushes, but the his his rabbit red eyes come back. Oh yeah, the Ood, the Ood have been chasing them down. Not an they specify it's not an air vent because there's no air. It's a maintenance tunnel that looks exactly like an air vent. <laughs> Which because the air vent set is what we have. So put it in there. So the Ood have like stopped them at the door and they're having to like escape through the ceiling basically. Uh and that was the ground the ceiling of the tunnel. The tunnel leads... The ceiling of the tunnel leads into the ground. If that makes sense. The maintenance tunnel is underneath the floor. The floor can't also be the ceiling. You're hurting my brain. Well, if you're in a two-story house, the floor of the second story... So, okay, please stop. This is gonna freak me out. (laughs) Okay. We need to move on (laughs) from this technicality. We can talk more about Satan. That's fine. That's a comforting topic. (laughs) Floor V ceiling, not okay right now. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, but yeah, so as they're escaping in there, the Ood are going to grab Toby, but it, but Toby then turns his Satan eyes back to them and goes, shh, I can do this myself. Or, or you know, it's just a shush, but there's a... Because well, I, I also can't help but wonder, in the beginning part of this episode then, is Toby, or is that something that Toby is in control of, or is it something that, as the episode goes on, Toby is losing control on his humanity as the, like, devil is taking over? I definitely think it's that, especially because Toby is an archaeologist. He says early on in the episode, uh, he gets asked to go do some readings, and he's like, that's not my department. Uh, but near, but then at the end, they're flying the spaceship, and Toby is reading all of the stuff off of the monitor, like he knows exactly what he's talking about. So there's a part of me that really thinks that uh, at some point Toby got erased mentally okay. and had just been under the control of the devil. 
Okay, that that makes sense. I, I can accept that yeah. as, as a fact. I really like the the crew dynamic that they have. There's not a, there's not like I mean, they don't get a lot of time to play around with it, but I really like this sort of like maternal aspect that Ida has. I like this un, this insecure cap like he's the captain, but he's not really sure he's a leader. Well, because uh, be- he's a captain by title, but not because. He earned it. He's captain by default. Yeah, he's captain because the captain died. I do like that you said Ida's maternal because my next point was they are not by any means family dynamic. Yeah. Like they're they are not they are not a found family. They care about each other because they have been in this thing together, but they do not operate with the no man left behind. Yeah, and they and I don't and I don't mean to say maternal in the sense that they are a family, but you I think we all have had coworkers that feel like you're you're a nurturing, more motherly coworker versus, you know, that guy who's all business or this person who's good with people but is Or also, this person who's a virgin. Yeah, or or the virgin. Like, <laughs> that was really funny. That all that he brought up like all of their like deep the guilt. D- <laughs> the devil brings up the fact that Mr. Jefferson is haunted by the eyes of his wife. Yeah, or that uh, Zach is the captain that's that's fear that fears leadership. Or that, or that Toby's a virgin. <laughs> it's like all of these deep scarring traumas, and then also you're an incel. It's <laughs> just it's one step away from Satan going cook. <laughs> it's just because I know that that that's also. The term virgin is used very generously to describe a lot of things. Yeah. It's just the way that most people understand it is not having sex. So it's so funny that of all the things for people to be deeply insecure about or deeply uncertain, Rose being lost in space, you know, Zach being feels that he's unfit for this position, Ida being far from home. That Toby's just very sad. He hasn't done it yet. Well, it's also just kind of... Kind of Toby. I, I don't know if they meant to, but they picked way too handsome an actor to make him believably a virgin. Like, that's not to say that if you're attractive, you necessarily have had sex. But it's just like, he probably could get some if he wanted to. He's a... He's an archaeologist. He's not bad looking. He's a, maybe a little socially awkward. He's but take a, it from me. You can be socially awkward and still, you know, have a loving partner. Mm, debatable, but okay. <laughs> a debatably loving partner. <laughs> debatable, yes. <laughs> Guys, that's so funny, though. I'm just going to start calling people virgins, even if they're not. My, fr- my friends with children, they're virgins now. <laughs> fucking virgin. Could you imagine, though, having somebody be mad at you and then just start calling you a virgin? I mean, it feels like Twitter. Yeah, you know, not wrong. (laughs) You mean X, Zach. No, I don't. I don't mean X. I mean Twitter. No, it's it's X. I mean virgin. See? Sick burn! (laughs) Um, I did... There, there is a very fun relationship though that, and it's this is the past, so there is no way that anybody could have known. It was just very fun for me as somebody who is currently 
not reading Good Omens, but having Good Omens read to her, a la the cast recording of the book, <laughs> of having David Tennant have a complicated relationship with the devil, because uh, in Good Omens, he, as Crowley, still has a complicated relationship with the devil. So one of my notes is just, Doctor, your Crowley is showing. <laughs> It was just a neat little observation. Yeah. I mean, it, it is funny how uh, David Tennant's career seems to have all these cyclical loops in it. Well, it's also the fact that David Tennant now has played characters that are very cynical and very doubtful, almost. Yeah, he definitely plays some darker characters. He seems to he seems to be attracted to... Except for the cow and Ferdinand. <laughs> He's fine in that. He can be his true Scottish self. <laughs> or when he plays Scrooge McDuck. Yeah. Scrooge McDuck. <gasps> oh, yeah, but the going back to it, the devil's sick burn on the doctor is, quote, the killer of his own kind, like me. Fuck, but, fuck. <laughs> Yikes. Yoop. Could you imagine having the devil say, hey, you're just like me? Right. Well, it's also, I think this is the first time we've really, you've heard the the conclusion of the Time War wasn't just the the Time War ending. It was that the doctor, it, the doctor ended it. He killed his own people. Yeah. Uh, I thought that Eccleston had a moment like that in, in Dalek. They Actually, you're right. They said that he, he did say he made it happen with yeah. the Daleks. So I guess that is true. I don't know if it ever implied that he killed the Time Lords as well, but maybe that I, was... I suppose that this is a, like, theory confirmed Yeah, this, it was a good... It, it does make sense. There was a strong inference when, if both the Daleks and the Time Lords were exterminated and he exterminated the Daleks, it makes sense he also exterminated the Time Lords. I hadn't I hadn't considered that when I, when I put this point in here. Speaking of Dalek, that's sort of a repeat theme, too. There's that moment in the Dalek where it's like, you would be a good Dalek. And I was like, you would be a good Satan? You would be a good Ender of Worlds? <laughs> Bringer of Darkness? Bather in the Black Sun? Thank you. I was getting there. <laughs> Just the Doctor and Satan chilling in a, chilling in a, black, in a black star. The doctor and Satan, yeah, in a hot tub underneath a a starless sky because the black hole ate it all. (laughs) Which also, black holes, this bitches suck. (laughs) So all I could think about and remember is a fact that you had shared with me that, like, you just kind of turn into spaghetti. Oh, yeah, the spaghettification effect. Yeah, and then not... Hours later, we watched, uh, spoilers for Loki, we watched Loki and that shit started happening, yeah. so now that there is a visual for what spaghettification could look like. Yeah. <laughs> and then me, or them talking about the, I think it was the, the Crimson Galaxy or something. Oh yeah, they were saying the... The red cloud that you see all off to the right. Yeah. It was millions of years old, gone in an instant. Yeah, because yeah, it, it, it is, is like, like, oh, yeah, yeah that's, that's right. right. The, the universe, universe is slowly marching towards its invariable end as everything gets, everything expands, expands and everyone, everything will be crushed, crushed again. again. Ugh. 
I mean, we won't be here for it. We'll be here for it. Something will. Maybe. It'll be the doctor. Yeah, it'll it'll be something. (laughs) Uh, Doctor or that fucking virgin. (laughs) But it won't be the devil because the doctor gets down into... uh, the Satan's into the into the Satan pit. The do- now before we do get into that, there was a very like actually beautiful moment with these. It sounded almost like, ugh, like I can't describe it any more than shipwreck music, because it was very kind of beautiful and pensive, where the Doctor is descending into the pit, but there's nothing around him but pitch blackness yeah and it's him dangling from this silver cord in this like bright neon orange suit with this actually very beautiful music playing as he's talking about how like there's nothing yeah he's like it could be it could be thousands of miles or it could be 30 feet i can survive 30 feet yeah and it was it was so kind of nice I don't have any notes for that, just because I was so captivated and in the moment. And he's talking to Ida about how, like, they can't go back up. There's nobody who can get them back. And Mm -hmm. there's nothing, there's nothing else for them. This is it. So he might as well see what else is down there, because if this is how he dies. oh, Oh, well. Yeah, it's like he's gonna he's gonna the way he's like his options either are definitely die or maybe not die, and he chooses maybe not die. And one touch I really like is when they cut back to him having fallen. Uh, the glass of his face mask is shattered, and so he's laying in in that glass, yeah. which is a good way of like the doctor is not so stupid as to like take off his helmet for any reason other than like for any reason other than being proven that it that he can breathe. Like yeah. he's not an idiot. Yeah, he's a a little foolhardy in that moment. And I do like that they have Rose over the communications, like, trying to reach out to him. And she doesn't get to him before he makes that decision to let himself go. Yeah. And I'm kind of very glad that's the case, because it was just very nice. Because after that, after Ida says, he's gone. The doctor's gone. Before, when the doctor had left, we had seen Rose crumble in on herself and be very sad and very upset mm-hmm. and incredibly small. But this time we saw Rose take charge and decide what would the doctor do and enact those ideas. Yeah, she's gotten, like, if you think back to her, like, second story in The End of the World, and she's confronting all of these, like, aliens for the first time, and she has, like, a panic attack. And has to walk into her own little corner and, like, breathe for a minute. Versus now where she's staring down the devil. And saying, he's using our fears against us. So we need to outthink the devil. Yeah, where she's got, she's got an almost, like, militaristic vibe to her now. Well, because in that moment, she she kind of becomes the captain. Yeah. Because she's telling Zack what to do. Yeah, and so there's there's something about it where you're like, you can really feel how far this character has come in these two seasons. And it doesn't, but it doesn't feel like sudden or uh, un, unearned. No, by, by no means. Particularly since there are still some moments where you see Rose, <laughs> as I wrote, uh, Rose's daddy complex coming back because 
even though she believes the doctor to be dead when they're saying we are getting off this planet we have a we have a rocket we're leaving we're go we're getting out of here she goes nope i'm not going to leave him i do not want him to be to die here alone yeah which We've seen that before. <laughs> well, it's also surely we all remember Father's Day. There's also a bit of Rose also knows that even if the Doctor dies, he can still come back. So he she knows something that everyone else doesn't, which is that if oh, he she even says that too. Yeah, she's like you don't know him, which I don't know if that if I took that to mean that she doesn't think that he just would die in that manner. He would die in a more dramatic fashion. Um, but it could also be that she knows that he he doesn't die, he regenerates. Trying to think of a pun for the next thing I want to say, but... <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> and I, I don't like her being restrained and sedated, but there's also a part that's like, this is a very high-stakes situation, if you're fighting back, actively fighting back people that are trying to save you, yeah, you, you can be... Especially sedated. with a crew that has already lost a number of people that day. One of which specifically told Captain Zack to take the air out of this airlock faster. Let me choose how I die. I'm choosing this. You owe me that much. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Yikes! <laughs> hurt. Let's uh, just talk about maybe some broader points here, rather than getting on the specifics. Uh, how did you like the Ood's design? I hate it. I just, I don't like their scary little cat eyes and tentacle mustache beards. You don't like that they talk through a through a souvenir cup? No, I don't. <laughs> Because I already called it, I couldn't be upset about it, but uh, Deus Ex Machina a la Tardis. <laughs> yeah, where he literally just, like, trips and he falls into the Tardis. Yeah, he sits down and leans his head back and goes, oh. <laughs> yeah, that's where you've been this whole time. Yeah, I was like, I knew it was going to happen, but it didn't make me any less angry. <laughs> well, especially because when he falls there, it's just like, and the story is over now. The TARDIS has its own gravitational pull, particularly because in the previous episode they had talked about how the TARDIS was sick. It, it, it's a brief thing. Yeah, they had briefly said, like, oh, she's, she's like, queasy. And I, I sort of wonder if that's... I, I think that's meant to be that she's nauseous in the presence of the devil. Also, the TARDIS is a she? Yeah, in the same way that, you know, people refer to cars and ships. Yeah, and... I suppose, yeah. So, yeah. But, the, but the doctor also refers to it as living, so, it, you know, there's there's a sort of a, a gender element to it where it could be huh. could be a living creature that has a, a, a has pronouns. Huh. Oh, just a little, little nitpicky thing. At one point, the air pressure is uh, 66.5, and I went, hmm. That's suspiciously close to six 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 six. They do. They did have one of those moments where they talked about the gravitational force that the uh, funnel had to put out was six to the power of six every six seconds. Like they're just 
They're just being a little too cheeky with that. <laughs> Same with one of the airlocks being 42, and I had asked if that had anything to do with Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Another one of my favorite books I haven't read. I haven't finished. You've started it. I've started it like four or five times, and then I get halfway through and then go, wait a minute, I could watch the show. Yeah, and I uh, I had I got to give you the good news that uh, some Classic Who episodes are written by Douglas Adams. <sighs> That's so exciting. Yeah, so if we ever go back to that, maybe we'll, maybe we'll watch one of those. Yes! Um, <laughs> 42! Oh, you know, we haven't really discussed this much yet, uh, but we're getting kind of deep into this into this season. Um so I'm curious now, how are you feeling about uh, David Tennant as the Doctor? We It's been a hot second. Granted, we also have not recorded an episode since a couple hours ago. Um, <laughs> since November. Because when we started the season, I felt like every other episode, somebody was thirsty over this Doctor. Yeah. The past three episodes that we've watched today nobody was horny for the doctor which i appreciated because he's he's a person not a piece of meat well just it's uninteresting when it keeps coming back it no yeah, no it feels and, like a crutch and so it's nice to because i <laughs> i was having a conversation uh with one of my co-workers who better be listening to this particular episode because if you aren't, I know where you live. <laughs> they will remain nameless, but they know who they are. <laughs> um, but I was talking to them, and he had said that Eccleston was one of his favorite doctors. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was commenting on how, like, I can see that more and more as we're watching Tenet and as I'm the algorithm knows what we're up to and just keeps on giving me clips of other doctors. And I try not to watch, but I'm also curious. And something that I really appreciate about about Eccleston's doctor in particular, and something that David Tennant doesn't really get into until more recently or until later, is how angry he is and just how tormented Eccleston's doctor is because that is coming right out of the time war like that is the he is the iteration of the doctor that had to kill everybody he knows and loves yeah he is a that is a character that is defined by trauma so coming into coming into Tenet's doctor from this war scarred veteran yeah. I suppose, yes. He's a veteran. When Tenet's Doctor comes right out of the gates as this, like, very goofy, like, I'm paying homage to all the Doctors that came before Eccleston, it's very nice to see that particular iteration of the Doctor coming through more and more. Of him being angry and him being very protective of Rose. And mm. particularly, like... In the... I forget the name of it. We just did this episode, like, this morning. Oh, uh, the, the Idiot's Lantern? Thank you. When Rose gets her face taken, the Doctor gets pissed. Yeah. When he's... When there's seemingly no way for them to get out of the pit that they're in, he's 
not angry, but he's sad and upset that he is unable to take Rose back home, which is something that he had told Jackie that he would always do was take her back home. And so he's failed in this and he's upset and he's sad about that. And so it's nice to see more dimension coming through mm-hmm. as opposed to, look, we have a relatively attractive young man as the doctor, a silly little boy. Let's make him do hey, let's all make the him things. do silly little boy things. Let's make him do all the things that Eggleston super would never do. Yeah. Well, there is a certain element to Eccleston is a doctor that is like, like because he's carrying all that trauma uh, and he's the one like he's the one I think has who has it the most of all the doctors. He he's a very pessimistic doctor in a way like he, he wears a, he carries a lot of like a lot of his joy through like one word jabs. Like if you remember a lot of his like, nope, yep, <laughs> doing a lot of those. Whereas almost sarcastic. Yeah, there, there's a level of just like. There's a level of uh, almost being snide that Eccleston had, whereas Tennant has this this like air of, and I don't, and I'm it almost feels like he's overcorrecting for his trauma a little bit, where he now sort of has this feeling that he's that he's getting optimism, but because he's getting optimism through himself, where he seems to think that he's like a chosen figure. Yeah, or he's effectively a god yeah. of sorts. As evidenced by the fact that he can stare down the devil. And outthink the devil. <laughs> and not because he's smarter than the devil, but because the devil's mind is no longer in his body. Yep. It's a very interesting, like, character arc for him as well, especially especially channeled through this, you know, hand, hand passing of the torch from Eccleston to Tennant. Mm-hmm. Um... So I, I look forward to you seeing more of this evolution of this character. I think it goes into really interesting places. Yes, well, um, I, I do know that the companion after Rose is somebody that I've been told I will thoroughly enjoy, which also makes me a little worried because we're getting, I, I feel it in my bones, we're getting close to when Rose isn't here anymore, huh? And I guess we'll we'll have to find out. But next episode is uh, your first, uh, what's called a Dr. Light episode. Um, Dr. Light? Yeah. Isn't that a type of soda? We'll talk about what that means exactly uh, next time on the next episode of Who is My Doctor? Hey, Zach, who is my doctor? Seems like it might be David Tennant. Indeed. officially dug our way out of the Satan pit. What's the next episode we have lined up here? Let's see. uh, Love and Monsters. I think I'd rather be back in hell. But that's the subject for next week. For now, be sure to follow us on Twitter, Blue Sky Threads, or Instagram at WimdyPod. That's W-I-M-D-P-O-D. If you like this episode, give it a like or five stars on your podcast platform to help us find more Whovians out there. Thank you so much for bearing with me while I figure out this weird echo that's been going on. I'm happy to say that next episode, it should officially be gone. I am so happy you'll finally be able to hear this podcast at a level of quality that I'm happy with. 
even if it is about loving monsters. Be sure to tune in next Tuesday to hear us talk about what I consider to be the worst episode of Doctor Who, because your Tuesdays are now Who's Days. <laughs>